What is up, guys? Welcome in to another episode of the Tricky Takes Podcast uh, with the Box Score Network. Uh, last week, we had a big collab episode, but now we're back to our regular three hosts. I'm Billy, along with Austin and Connor. Yo, yo. How you doing? And today, we are going to be taking a look at the NFC schedule for the NFL and taking a look at each team's over-under and kind of giving our predictions as to far as, far as uh, where everybody falls. And... Uh, kind of division division winners and key matchups that each team has throughout their schedule. Uh, and before we get into that, though, there's some news in the NFL going on that we do want to get into, and that is the NFL running back drama. Um, we saw the deadline pass for both Saquon and Josh Jacobs to sign those long-term deals with their team. It was 4 p.m. on Tuesday, Monday? Tuesday, I think. Tuesday? Yep, Tuesday. Neither one got done, so neither one of them can sign a long-term deal with their team for the 2023 season. They're stuck on the franchise tag. And so, Austin, what is your opinion on the state of the running back position in the NFL as far as payment goes? It's a tough spot. The running back is inarguably one of the most position important positions on the field in a given moment. I mean, they score more touchdowns usually than any other position on the field um, themselves, you know, like quarterbacks throw more touchdowns, but in terms of like actually putting the ball over the line, usually your number one running back is going to have that highest number next to them, uh, you know, by the end of the season. And it's a very important position, but the argument is that a running back is only as good as their offensive line. And the, uh, value of a rookie running back on a cheap deal is better than a veteran running back on a more expensive deal. Cause you know, in baseball, there's no cap and you can just sign as many players to a super contracts as you want. But in the NFL, it's not like that. You have to manage your salary and you can't pay every position. And if you're paying for a really good quarterback, AKA, you know, a la Patrick Mahomes, then it's way more beneficial for you to have an Isaiah Pacheco who you don't have to pay any money, who's in, you know, the prime of his career, you know, at age like 24. That's generally when running backs are at their peak, those, you know, 23 to 25 year old seasons. And once his contract's up, instead of they don't have the money to pay him again. So they'll just say, okay, we'll just go out and draft three more running backs over the next three years. And one of them is going to be a replacement here. It's, it's really the value when you look at the past Super Bowl winners over the past, you know, half decade, they seem to all have running backs on cheap contracts. So it's tough and there needs to be a way that these players who are, immensely talented and very beneficial to their teams they they need to be able to earn that second contract and get paid but it seems like having that rb next to your name just completely devalues your name yeah and i think that kind of one of the biggest instances that we've seen of where a team did go out and pay an older more veteran running back and it kind of blew up on them was with zeke I mean, we, we all saw how that second contract turned out. He held out, he waited, he got that big deal and then kind of fell off after that, which is what all the NFL owners are afraid of. I mean, you get these guys that 
you know, once they hit that 26, 27 age, they've got a lot of mileage on them from high school. They've got a lot of mileage on them from college most of the time. And then in the NFL, they run them down. I mean, these are guys, you know, talking about the Zico Elliott's, the Nick Chubbs, the Derrick Henry's. These are guys that get 300 plus touches a year almost for a good chunk of their career. So by the time that they hit that, you know, second, third contract, they've got a lot of wear and tear because, I mean, the running back is one of those positions like a lineman. They're getting beat up every time they hold the ball. So I think that's kind of where it's going and why the owners are leaning young. But you're absolutely right, Austin. I mean, running back is one of the key components of a team. Teams that struggle to establish the run Mm -hmm. early in games are typically the team that struggles come later in the game because they don't have, you know, the ball control. Their defense is gassed out by the second half because they're doing, you know, three and outs on pass plays. So, I mean, it just – you have to have that running offense. And if you're just going with the you know, young plug-it-in guy on the rookie contract, you're not always going to be successful. You can't always draft, you know, an Isaiah Pacheco that's going to come out and do well or, you know, a Bijan Robinson, what they're potentially going with him and – you know, just someone that's going to fit into your scheme and allow you to succeed with that. We're also seeing a lot more of running back by committee uh, nowadays, I feel like. And Austin, you brought up a good point, something I was going to mention. You look at the past Super Bowl winners over the past, you know, six, seven seasons. The only guy that was really a big-time deal guy that won a Super Bowl lately was Marshawn Lynch. I think it was back in 2014. Um, that was like a very, very key contributor or impact guy in that offense. I mean, these other guys have impacts, but I mean, Marshawn Lynch is a guy you got a game plan for. And these other running backs, it's kind of just like, okay, they're going to run the ball. We know they're going to run the ball, but we're not deathly afraid of who they're giving the ball to. Um, And I think, you know, some of these quarterbacks we're seeing in the league, like a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who doesn't necessarily need a running game to make his offense work. He makes it happen on his own. We're seeing more and more of those guys as well. Lamar Jackson, he'll do it himself. Jalen Hurts can do it himself. Uh, You know, Justin Herbert can sling the ball. Josh Allen does it himself. So it's just, it's tough. And then you look at the last guy who was in this situation that sat out a year and actually followed through with his promise of of not showing up is Le'Veon Bell. And for he was the, cooked when he came back. Yeah, he was cooked yeah. and he got his bag. He got a huge contract, but this is more ammo for teams to be like, okay, you want to sit out? Go ahead and see who has the guts to pick you up then on a big deal after a year off. And the last guy we saw do it, who was so dominant before he did take his break, came back and was a shell of himself and is out of the league now. And he's boxing for, you know, his, yeah. his payments now. So, Let's just go over the last Super Bowl winners. Kansas City Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round rookie. The Rams, who was the leading rusher? Was it Daryl Henderson or was it It Cam? was Daryl Henderson because uh, Cam was hurt. That's what I thought. Um, so, yeah, Daryl Henderson, again, on his second year, probably. I think I think it was his second year. Uh, Tampa Bay, and you might think Leonard Fournette. Oh, Leonard Fournette was a big-time veteran. He was a veteran, but he signed for a one-year prove-it deal for $3.5 million. And have was just, they drafted Ronald Jones that year as well? Um, Ronald Jones was on the team, yes. But, you know, Fournette was their guy. But he was on a cheap prove-it deal because he just got dropped by the Jags. So don't 
say that's another because like, the Jags wouldn't give him the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the Chiefs uh, again uh, in twenty one or twenty. That and was 20. Edwards Alaire, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, year, right? no, that would have been um, not Jared Damian. McKinnon. No, the one undrafted Aaron guy. Williams. Uh, yes, Damian Williams. Same Damian. Is it Will- Damian Yeah, Damian Williams. Williams. Yeah. Um, who I think should have won Super Bowl MVP for that Super Bowl, but an, an undrafted guy, you know. Um. The year before that was the Patriots, who was like Garrett Blunt, the big guy from there. He was Uh, there either. I think he was there at that time. It was either him or. It was James White, wasn't it? Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Who was a rookie, I believe. Yeah, because then it was Philly and New England, and LeGarrette Blunt won back to back championships. Yeah. Yeah, and LeGarrette Blunt was on Philly, and he would have been their leading rusher. Uh, the year before the Philly year, yeah, it was also Legarrette Blunt. The year before that was Denver, uh, who had um, CJ Anderson. That's yeah, that's yeah. what I think it was. Yeah, CJ Anderson had twenty three carries for ninety yards and a touchdown that game. Yeah, so like, I mean, it's just none of those teams have had like a big name running back when they won the Super Bowl. It's it's just not beneficial. But the argument is this, and Austin Eckler is the one who who said this, and it's about him. Austin Eckler wanted to be traded before this season. But the charge, because he wanted to be traded because the Chargers won't pay him. But no team would trade for him because the Chargers' asking price is astronomical. So teams are like having their cake and eating it too in terms of, they're saying you're worth nothing. We won't pay you. Oh, you want to trade for him? He's worth everything. And so no team will trade him. And if no team will trade him, no team will other team will trade him and sign him to you know extension of some sort. So these teams are saying you're worth nothing to you know to paying him, but he's worth everything to if they want to trade for him. And it's just not fair. With and that's I think the biggest issue with this whole situation. Yeah, I think my favorite tweet that I've seen so far of it has come from Jonathan Taylor. He said, if you're good enough, they'll find you. If you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you boost the organization. And then it still doesn't matter because you're running back. I mean, at at the end of the day, that's just what we're seeing from these owners. Mm -hmm. I think that's really the best way to sum it up because that's what they tell you. You know, the whole time that you're coming up in the league, the whole time that you're going through college, that you put in the work, you put your head down, nose to the grindstone, do what you're supposed to do. They're going to find you. You're going to help the organization. And at the end of the day, the owners are still just showing they don't care because, you know, you're running back, you're expendable. Well, guess who, as of, I guess this would be prior to the 2023 season, guess who was on pace to be the third highest paid running back in the league? Um, I don't know. I have no clue. Be Dalvin Cook. Oh yeah. Currently not on any rosters. Yeah, currently, currently cut. Released because yeah. because of the cap hit that they would have incurred for keeping him on the roster. Yeah, it's yeah, Christian McCaffrey's at sixteen million, and then Kamara's right behind him at fifteen. Then there's a pretty good drop off to Derrick Henry at twelve and a half. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, do y'all think incentive-based contracts are the way to go? The only problem with incentive-based contracts are, you know, running back is one of the most likely positions to get hurt and suffer like a season-ending injury. So um, I think season or incentive-based things would be awesome, but it's also risky. But it's risk-reward, too. I mean, it, it seems like that's the only way that they'll even get a potentially fair shake right now. And that's kind of the best that they can hope for at the moment. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to have to have some long-term plan to get in and really restructure. And I, I know that the NFLPA seems like they're really pushing for that and trying to help out with this. But I agree with you. The incentive-based pay is not really great for the running back position because of the injury risk. I mean, you're going to run into that issue where we always see one or two top guys and, you know, really all running backs across the league, they're dinged up before the end of the season. They miss a game or two here and there. You don't see many that are, you know, consistently going all 17 or 16 games before without, you know, missing some time here and there, a quarter here. 14 games is a full season for a running back, like realistically. Yeah. Right. I mean, the just the wear and tear on that position is absurd. So I have a good idea. I haven't heard anyone talk about this. This is a completely unique thing, I think. I mean, I'm sure someone else has had this idea, but I this is me coming up with it on my own. A lot of people have talked about make quarterbacks not count against the cap because that's where the majority of the cap goes for a lot of these teams. I think what they should do is do unit-based caps. And so that's your quarterback and your receivers on offense are one unit. So there's a total cap hit that you have to keep your quarterback and your receivers in. And then your offensive line and your running backs are a unit. And so they all have to be within a, a, a cap hit. So you can pay for a big O line and have like a, a young running back, or you can, you know, ha pay that running back and then, you know, maybe do a little bit of, you know, patchwork with your offensive line, but you can still have the elite receivers and the elite, quarterback maybe no matter what you do that in that situation because it's it's their unit that doesn't affect your running back doesn't affect your quarterback or your receivers and then on defense the same thing like your dbs are a unit and your linebackers are a unit and your d linemen are a unit and they all have their own little cap no that is interesting like having a a cap for each unit and it would allow you to splurge a little bit more on your running backs and you know every position i think it would it would be beneficial with because you could pay one person a lot of money and it would i think i don't know it's something i i wouldn't i would have to look at it more logistically and like actually kind of mess around with it but uh that's an idea i i have and i don't know let me let me know what you guys think um Am I stupid? Am I completely missing something? I don't know. Uh, it's just it's going to be very interesting to see what comes of this, because I mean there've got to be other running backs that are you know next year, the year after, some big names that are going to be hitting free agency, potentially. I mean, they're they're going to look at what teams are doing this year, and if it continues on this trend, we're going to see more and more of them kind of fall off, even if they're still 
you know, thousand yard rushers and 10 touchdown guys that are going to be dropped or cut or not re-signed for, you know, any number of reasons, but the majority of it would be because of the cap hit. And I think that's going to take away a lot of the talent that we see in the game right now. Not to say that, you know, the young guys coming up don't deserve a shot, but, you know, some of these guys, you know, the Derrick Henrys, like you don't want to see him go too early just to see, you know, the Titans be able to put together a more complete roster or, you know, whoever would end up getting him. And you still want to see a guy like that in the league running and doing everything that he can or, you know, the Nick Chubbs or the Ecklers that are going to, you know, end up getting cut and dropped and kind of fall to the wayside. All right. Yeah, I'll, uh, get ready to move on to uh, the divisional, uh, and or not divisional yeah. breakdown, the NFC breakdown of over and unders. Yeah. So we're gonna get to that. Uh, we're gonna go to an ad to have uh, one of our other podcasts here on the Box Score Network. So uh, listen to that, and uh, we'll see you back here in a second. What's up, everyone? I'm here to tell you about the Simon Short Podcast. Every Thursday, I deep dive topics related to the NFL, pro hoops, pop culture, and more. Be sure to subscribe to the Simon Short Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. So uh, we're going to start out in the NFC East here. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go over a team. We're going to say they're over-unders, and then we're going to, say how many wins we think they're going to have. We're going to talk about if we think Vegas has them too high, too low, they got them just right. And then like, what are the key matchups in that schedule for them to reach that over? And so we'll start in the East. We'll go do the Cowboys first. Connor, what is the Cowboys over under line at? So right now Caesars has them at nine and a half. So the over is minus 169 and the under is plus 145. So that is what Caesars has them at. Honestly, I keep going back and forth on this one myself. Uh, This is one of the tougher ones for me just because of kind of some of the stuff we've seen them do, Uh, especially that last play of the season last year. I, I lost a lot of faith in the Cowboys for even attempting that. Uh, as well as the year before, which is the clock management when it comes down to crunch time and tight games. I think for this one, I will go the under. Uh, I I could see them winning nine games. And uh, some of the big ones that I have, you know, kind of earmarked on this one, I think that the Jets are a a sneaky game for this Cowboys team that they might, you know, under under appreciate. Uh, Another one that's really important for this team I think would be the Chargers Uh, the Chargers are a team that I'm I'm pretty high on myself this year and I think that that is going to be a very important game come crunch time once you start looking at the numbers I mean a lot of these games you know they they've got the Cardinals you know they've got obviously the Bills they've got two against the Commanders which I think will be easy ones for them but uh for the most part their schedule isn't super difficult but I feel like they're going to have some sneaky games that are going to come out and really cost them later on yeah, so they're paired with the NFC West. So they got Seahawks, 49ers, Rams, Cards. I see them going one and three, two, two and two uh, against that division. I see them going, let's see, four and two in their division. 
That's seven. Then you got to take down the Panthers, Chargers, Bills, and Dolphins all the way. That's tough. I see this team coming in. Yeah, Connor, I agree with you around the 8-9 win mark. <clears throat> yeah, if you can steal one from, you know, the Seahawks, which is very possible, especially at home. You got the Patriots at home, which is a very winnable game. The Lions at home is going to be a really good game, I think. I think those teams are going to really battle it out there. Uh, road games, obviously division matchups are going to be hard, but that 49ers game and the Bills game, those are going to be really tough to win, um, Depending, especially depending on what time of the year they're playing them. Uh, I think they come in just under this over-under line of, what did you say, 10, 9.5, 10? 9.5. 9.5, yeah. I think that's a, I mean, pretty dead on for them. So I think yeah. they're right around that 8-9 win mark. I firmly disagree. Um, I've actually, uh, I think this is too low. I think 10.5 would be a better line. Um, I've got 11 wins for them. I went through their whole schedule. I went through the whole NFC schedule and and marked out every single game beforehand. I've got them winning 11 games. I've got them beating the Giants at, at in New York. I've got them beating the Jets at home. I've got them beating the Cardinals. I've got them beating the Patriots at home. I've got them beating the Rams at home. I've got them beating the Giants at home. I've got them beating the Panthers, beating the Commanders, beating the Seahawks at home beating the Lions at home, and beating the Commanders away. That's 11 wins, and none of those seem like super difficult wins except for the Jets, but I like the Cowboys at home over the Jets. And that's an easy 11 without giving them a win to the Chargers, which I think is a winnable game, and that's losing both games to the Eagles this year, which I think is more likely to happen than not, but I definitely think it's possible for them to sneak one. Um, And then the Bills, who knows the Bills what version of the bills we're going to get this year, but that's also them losing to the bills. So when I look at those key games, I've got them winning more than they're losing. And I got to a really comfortable 11 wins. It's a, I'm hammering this over. The only thing that concerns me with the Cowboys is year in, year out, you know, same thing that always concerns me. That's consistency. They always lose games that they shouldn't. It seems like, and I just feel like there's a couple teams in here. Seahawks, I think the Seahawks can definitely go to Dallas and win. I think the Lions go to Dallas and win. The Commanders always give Dallas a good fight. I mean, who knows? They could surprise people. So I think there's some some sneaky games in here that the Cowboys always tend to trip on, and I could see them doing that again. I mean, this is, you know, a team that – you know, you, you take away Zeke, but obviously he wasn't a big part of the game plan last year. But you also lose Helen Moore, your offensive coordinator. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, will yet to be determined. But all I know is it's a prove year for Mike McCarthy. So we'll see if he's the guy. Also, Dak isn't throwing 10 interceptions, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that works out. I mean... My my biggest issue with the scene, like you said, Billy, is the inconsistency, and more so the inconsistency from Dak. I mean, year in and year out, people expect him to go out and be a top eight quarterback, it seems like. And he just really, aside from a few flashes, that season where he got hurt in week four, at the end of week four, uh, he hadn't really shown that he can consistently be that guy. 
And I feel like we just see a, another year of that uh, where he's going to be coming out doing great some games and then other games is going to be completely shut down, locked down. So, and to add to that, I, I think the Jets is going to be a, a very sneaky game for them. I think that the Jets are going to be much improved. Uh, they've added a lot of young talent on that team, and I just don't like the Cowboys' chances that much. All right, let's move on to the Giants here. Um, what's their over-under at? The Giants' over-under is seven and a half. Uh, for me, this is another over. I've got them at eight wins. Uh, I've got them beating the Cardinals, which is going to be a theme for today. <laughs> yes. Uh, I've got them beating the Cardinals. I like their chances against the Seahawks at home. Um, I'm also a little bit down on the Seahawks compared to most people I think I've come to find. I've got them beating the Commanders at home, the Jets at home, the Raiders away, the Packers at home, the Saints away and the Rams at home, which comes right out to eight wins. I don't think any of those are me being super optimistic. Maybe the Packers, depending on how Jordan Love is this year. I've got the Packers being slightly a slightly above average team, not being you know super weak or anything, but the Giants are a good team. And uh, I, I think seven and a half, eight wins is definitely achievable for them. Yeah, I agree. I'm very comfortable with the over for this team. Uh, they came out last year and surprised everybody. I think Brian Dable really did a lot with that team and showed them what it was like to win. And, I mean, he's just an amazing coach. He brings a lot of energy to that team. And they do play above, you know, what people expect. And I think there are a lot of games on here, uh, most notably the, the Packers and Raiders, that could go either way. But I think this Giants team is just going to edge them out. Uh from what I've seen, I think Danny Dimes just continues to take steps in the right direction. I don't know if that contract was necessarily the right one for him, but I do like the fact that they're going out and they're confident in him and giving him that leeway. Uh, I would like to see them add a few more offensive weapons around him and Saquon. But again, you know, this team is good enough to get them there and put them in chances to win. Speaking of Saquon, I'd like to mention that this is assuming Saquon plays. Right. That would completely change everything if if he decides not to. Yeah, so assuming Saquon plays, obviously. Um, yeah, I've got this team around the eight-win mark. I like what they've done. I don't love their receiving core, like you said, Connor. Um, you know, you go out and you get Darren Waller. Not sure that's enough. I really like their front seven. Uh, I really like combo of Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau. I think it's a really solid one-two punch on the on the D line, and I think their O line is is young and they're they're good enough uh, to keep Daniel Jones upright. Now I think they get to eight wins not on the back of Daniel Jones, but on the back of Saquon Barkley. Uh, so yeah, if Saquon if Saquon plays, I think this team can can hit this over. All right, club we're in uh, union on that one. Now let's go yeah. to a much more difficult team, the Commanders. Yes. So their over-under, according to Caesars, is six and a half. Uh, it's a firm under for me. I've got them with four wins. I've got them beating the Cardinals, beating the Falcons away, 
beating the Giants at home and beating the Bears at home. And I'm not super confident about them beating the Bears, to be honest. I think there's a couple losses that I gave them that they could possibly win. I think the most notable one are the Rams. Uh, But that's an away game, and... I don't think the Rams are going to be as bad as everybody thinks they will be, especially if Matt Stafford is healthy playing good ball and cup stays healthy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's an under for me. I love, I would love to see Sam Howell uh, prove me wrong. I've got him in dynasty and I'm hoping he balls out, but I just don't necessarily see that as the most likely outcome. Yeah. I'm also comfortable with the under here. A lot of question marks at this team. We've had not seen a full season of Sam Howell ever before. Uh, seen some flashes and nothing crazy coming from him. But, yeah, this is not an easy schedule either. I mean, a lot of good teams that they're playing, lining up against. Uh, yeah, I could see them pretty easily taking care of business. You know, the Cardinals, the Bears, the Falcons. They probably will steal one division game at home because they – they just do play good against their in in division guys, but you know, then they've got the Seahawks, they've got the Broncos, who I think are going to be a lot better. They've got, you know, the Eagles twice. The Jets are a good team this year, the 49ers and the Bills. I mean, it's just it is a rough schedule for this team. And they're just in a bad spot as an organization. So I'd be very comfortable taking this under. I'm not sure how bad of a spot they're in as an organization, but for this upcoming year. Don't like the odds to go over. I think this is probably the last year we see Ron Rivera in Washington. Uh, you know, we'll see what the Sam Howell experiment looks like. Um, but, yeah, I think five wins is really where this team maxes out at. They have a really good defense that's going to keep them in games. Um, and that's why I say I don't know how bad of a spot they're in. They also have uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, the roster still Jahan Dotson's really young. So, you know, you just got to find the right pieces and make it work. We'll see what the running back position holds for him this year, if they actually use um, Antonio Gibson like they always say they will. Uh, has yet to be seen. But, yeah, I think five wins in the under is the much more likely scenario here for the Commanders. All right, and uh, now what we've all been waiting for in the East, the Eagles. Connor, how many wins do they have to get to there over? So they are tied with the Chiefs and Bengals for the highest total in the league, and that is 11 and a half. Uh, myself, personally, I think this is a, a very easy win total to get to. The only real losses that I have them taking are against the Chiefs away. Uh, I... I do like the Bills against them. I think the Vikings steal one here. Uh, they always end up coming in in close games. And I really like the Dolphins' chances as well, uh, even though those are three of those losses I'm giving them are at home. Uh, I just feel like those three are going to be kind of the, the key games that we see from this team. I think that they can pretty easily handle business in the division. But this Eagles team did not lose – really any key pieces uh and they're bringing back everyone that they needed to along with more talent they got in the draft i think that defensive line help that they got in the first round is going to be a real difference maker for them 
the Eagles pretty easily got to that uh, 11 and a half win mark. Uh, I, I have them right at 12, but it's a really comfortable 12. Like I tried to find the losses in here. If you want to hear the losses I gave them, it was the Vikings at home, which you can call me a Vikings homer, right. but uh, you know, whatever. Uh, the Jets away, the Chiefs away, the Bills at home, and the Seahawks away. Those were the wins or the losses I found for the Eagles. And even with those losses, they still hit the over. So uh, it's a pretty comfy over for me, just straight up. Yeah, games I'm looking out for, 49ers at home, Bills at home, Chiefs obviously on the road. Um, I think they take the Jets. So I think, a, you know, this is a 13 win. Like you said, 13, possibly 12 if they trip up somewhere else or the Vikings get them. Yeah, pretty comfortable with the over here. Cool. Glad we all agree there. And the over, if you want to know. Uh, kind of it's a plus it. 110. Overs plus one ten, really minus one thirty. Yeah, that's juicy. I like that. Lock it in, boys. That is a, a good one. So for me, I think I'm hammering the Eagles over, the Commanders under, and the Cowboys over. The Giants line, I'm not probably not touching. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably staying away from the Cowboys and the Giants in this division. I think that both of those are going to be very close. But the Commanders, I'm pounding the under, and the Eagles, I'm, I'm taking the over all day. I agree with you, Connor. Uh, I think the Cowboys is, is really too close to touch. Too many variables there. All right. Uh, let's see. Do you want to do the North or the South next? I've got the North pulled up already. All right. So. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's just start yeah. with let's just start with the Vikings. Um. What's their over-under at, Connor? The Vikings over-under is only eight and a half. Austin's mm. got them going undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> I've got them beating Homer. this line by nine wins, actually. Yeah. Um, not not hitting nine wins. I mean, they're nine wins over the projection. Uh, do you have them being the first 17-0 and team? I do. Yes, absolutely. Their losses? What's your thoughts? <laughs> I think it's a really comprehensive list right there. <laughs> yep. Um, so there are wins I found for them on their uh list, and this is gonna be their whole schedule. Uh the Buccaneers at home, I like the Vikings. I gave them the win in Philly. I, I did argue with me. Uh the Panthers away, I like the Vikings more. Uh I gave them a win to the Niners at home, which that's gonna be a tough one as well. Um, at the Falcons, I like the Vikings more. The Saints at home, the Bears at home, the Raiders away, the Lions at home, and the Packers at home. I gave all wins, and that's for a total of 10 wins. So even if you take away that Eagles win and that 49ers win, they're still at eight. So I think it's I think it's a pretty comfy over for me. Yeah, yeah, so I'm giving them I'm giving them the Bears at home, Lions at home, Packers at home, Saints at home, Bucks at home. So it's five wins right there. I got them beating the Falcons, the Panthers, the Bears again. I have them beating the Broncos. I've got them beating the Packers and the Raiders. So that's eleven wins right there. I'm pretty comfortable with the under for the or the over for the Vikings. 
Yeah. Billy, to change up yours a little bit, I am not giving them wins against the Broncos or the Packers away. They do typically tend to struggle against the Packers, but I am giving them the win against the Chargers at home. So yeah. I, I'm kind of right there with both y'all. I, I feel very comfortable with this over, though. Love that. And is the over uh, the favorite or the under for Caesars? So the over is minus 141. So people are pretty in consensus with us. And then the under is plus 120. So next up, who do y'all want to do? Uh, let's go to the Bears. The Bears. So the Bears are just under them at seven and a half. So uh, this one's close. I have them right at seven wins. Uh, I've got them beating the Broncos at home, the Vikings at home, the Raiders at home, the Panthers at home, the Browns away, sorry, the Cardinals at home, and the Falcons at home. So really just a whole lot of home wins for the Bears is what I've got them for. Yeah, I I like that. The only wins that I would switch up there would be the Browns away and the Commanders away. So I would give them the loss to the Browns, and then I think they sweep the Commanders. Okay, so you're still right there. Yeah, I'm I'm still right there with you at seven. I I think this is a very, very tough line. Uh, I think that some sneaky games here could be like that Saints game. Yeah, I think that that could be a very winnable game for them that could tip the scales in their favor, as well as the Buccaneers game. Uh, I'm just not sure what the Buccaneers are going to come out with this year. I know we'll talk about them a bit more later on, but that that's kind of a a toss up for me. Winning in New Orleans isn't easy. No, uh, neither is winning in Cleveland. <laughs> but I've got the Bears at seven wins. Also, I've got them beating the Packers at home. Falcons, Panthers, Raiders, Cardinals, all at home. I've got them beating the Bucks and the Commanders on the road. Nice. That's that's a pretty solid line. I don't know if I'll yeah. want to touch that, but yeah, uh, I'll, uh, the odds are the over is the favorite at minus one twenty five, and then the under is plus one hundred five. So maybe worth maybe worth a nice little fiver on it or something. Throw in a parlay for a little juice. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go on to the Packers. Uh, I'm a little more optimistic than most people on the Packers, I think, just because I, I know this team. But, uh, Connor, what what does Vegas think about them? They're also seven and a half. Oh, wow. I was yeah. expecting eight and a half. Um, it's an easy over for me. I've got them at 10 wins. I... <laughs> This is honestly a team that I don't want to touch if I'm betting this year because I just don't know what we're going to get out of Jordan Love. This is a franchise that hasn't really been without a key star quarterback since before Brett Favre. And I just I don't think that Love is proven. And I know that the reports out of camp are good, but reports out of camp are almost always good. You don't hear a lot of negative talk coming out about your potential franchise quarterback when you're, you know, coming out of training camp. So this is one where I I don't even really want to touch it because I think so much could go in either direction. 
I mean, I there's, there's, Go ahead. there's, I mean, I'm just, I'm really comfortable with Jordan Love simply because I know how bad Aaron Rodgers was last year. Um, and I'm not predicting Aaron Rodgers to be bad again this year with the Jets. I think the whole situation was kind of messed up in, in Green Bay last year, and they still got to eight wins. So that's kind of why I'm so optimistic. Yeah, I've got them at eight wins on the knot. Uh, the defense is still really good. Just don't love the offense outside of, you know, yeah, Christian Watson. Uh, apparently, he's building a good connection with Romeo Dubs. Uh, you got Jaden Reed, the rookie, <clears throat> plus the two running backs. But I just don't love the offense. I don't think it's very explosive, but the defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. Um, But I just see them getting outscored in a couple of close games. So I, I've got them at eight wins just below there. Their line. What? Wait. What was their line? Seven and a half. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Austin said eight and a half. Yeah. So yeah. I've got them actually hitting the over. I guess so. All right, and uh, let's finish it out here in the the north with the Lions. What's their line, Connor? Is nine and a half. Yeah. Dang. Um. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I've got the Lions only winning eight games there. So that's an under. Uh, their their schedule is kind of tough. Uh, some of the key games I think that they'll have to win in order to hit this over. Um, the Broncos I think will be a, a fairly tough game. I've got them losing that. If that get gets flipped, I think that boosts a lot. Um, I mean, really, other than that, I'm not sure where you're finding this other the Saints. There, there would be. If you find if you have them beating the Saints in New Orleans. And the Broncos at home. If you flip those for me, that gets them to the 10 win mark. But I just don't know if I, I see it. I do see both of those games going in the Lions' favor. I th- I think that they're a much improved team. It's not the Lions that, you know, we're used to being able to just shit on year in and year out. Uh, I don't know. I, I think this is going to be the year that the Lions are really making the Vikings work for the win in the division. Uh, I've got them. I've got them at nine, so it's still the under, but I think it's going to be close. I've got them at eight wins as well, and it's a sketchy eight wins. Their road schedule is brutal. Yeah. Uh, Bears, Packers, Vikings, obviously all divisional games. But then you got to go to Kansas City. You got to go play the Chargers. You got to go to New Orleans. You got to go to Dallas. You got to go to Baltimore. And then you also have the Bucks on the road. So that is like just a brutal out of conference, <laughs> out of division road schedule. And so that is where I'm getting hung up with this game or with this team's over under, as well as I think this is a pretty even division as far as across the board team overall talent wise. I can see them, you know, taking the Bears at home. I could see them splitting one between the Packers and the Vikings at home. But then you got the Falcons and Panthers, I think, are both wins. I think the Broncos is a toss-up. I think the Raiders is a win. And then I think the Seahawks is going to be a close game as well. So, uh, really tough schedule for the Lions. I really like their team. Just don't know what the results are going to be at the end of the road. 
And they surprised a lot of people last year, so maybe they'll surprise us again this year. But you need Jared Goff to have another really solid season. You don't have TJ Hawkinson anymore. Uh, you know, the defense is young, but it's relatively good. The secondary is what gets me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Scares me. Yeah, um, it's definitely gonna need to improve. Yeah. I uh I definitely like their under, but I don't know if I'm like I actually I take that back. I I do feel comfortable about their under. I think if I'm looking at bets I want to take in this division, Lions under, Packers over, Vikings over are the three that I really want to take here. Yeah. And the Lions under that, I mean that's pretty decent value. It's plus one fifteen. I like that. So it's not a yeah, bad I would definitely go Lions under and I'm pretty comfortable with the Vikings over as well. All right. Um, let's head uh, down south now. We'll kick it off with the Panthers. Connor, how many uh, wins are the Panthers supposed to get this year? Sorry, I got to scroll down to find them. Uh, the Panthers are at seven and a half is their line. Yikes. As someone who uh, lives in the Carolinas, I'm not super high on the Panthers this year. I do like Bryce Young, but I don't know if he makes an immediate an impact enough to get them to wait. Is it seven and a half? They have to get to eight wins. They have to get to eight wins. Yeesh. Yeah, there's there's no shot. Um, the wins I do have them getting, uh, I've got them beating the Seahawks away, the Lions away, Texans at home, Saints away, and Buccaneers at home. Uh, if you want to find some other wins. Uh, the Colts home, depending on how good Anthony Richardson is, that could go either way. That's I mean, it's a rookie quarterback matchup. Anytime you see that, it's it's kind of a coin toss. And then I think the Falcons at home is also a winnable game. Even if you throw them those two wins, that's still seven wins. That's a it's a very comfortable under. Yeah, uh, only one I'm going to flip with you uh, where you were at originally is the. I've got them winning the Colts game at home and losing to the Saints on the road. Fair. Yeah, I mean, I've got this team right around five wins, like you guys. <laughs> I don't like the defense. And I don't love the receiving core either. <laughs> I mean, I know they added to it, but yeah. I don't love it. I mean, an old washed up Adam Thielen isn't gonna isn't really adding to it that much. Adam Thielen, a guy that has been multiple places and hasn't really got it done. DJ Chark, yeah, yeah. Uh, Who's their tight end? No idea. Ian Thomas, Tommy, Tommy Tremble, Tommy Tremble. Is he still there? I think so. Tommy Tremble, Tommy Tremble. The O line is okay. The O line isn't bad. Miles Sanders is there. But, but I mean, Miles Sanders is a downgrade from Christian McCaffrey. Well, <laughs> most running backs is. are. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's not the worst downgrade oh, you have. So they actually got Hayden Hurst. And oh, Tommy I do remember that. Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Still That's... five wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I do like the rookie they got. Um, Mims. Jonathan Jonathan Mingo. Oh, Mingo. That's right. Mims was to the uh, Broncos. Uh, right. But yeah, Jonathan Mingo was actually one of my favorite receivers in this draft. Uh, I do like him. I think Terrace Marshall has potential, but those are two completely, you've got two completely unproven's. You've got one guy who's been proven to really not be that good. And you've got one guy who 
once was good, but now looks like he's kind of cooked. Yeah. And then Hayden Hurst. <laughs> hey, don't forget about LaVisca Chenault. Um, Former first he... round pick. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the pedigree. LaVisca, depending on how he's used, could be a weapon. He's one of those guys who's like a, a tweener. Um, yep. Who could, you know, be a running back or a receiver. Uh, I, I don't I'm not a big LaVisca Chanel fan though. People have been saying depending Same. on how LaVisca is used, he could be a weapon for three years since now. He's been drafted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's stop talking about the Panthers. Let's move on to a team just as bad, uh, which would be any of the other teams in this division, but let's choose the Falcons. So the Falcons are actually at eight and a half. So that means they would have to get to nine wins to hit the over. Gosh, yeah, I've got them. At seven wins here. Um, I'll just rattle them off quickly. Panthers at home, Packers at home, starting the season two and oh. Uh, and then it's just not that great from there. They're beating the Bucks away, the Cardinals away, shocker, the Panthers away, and the Saints away. And I feel like that's generous, and that's seven wins. I've also got them beating the Texans. Yeah, that's one I gave them an L on that I definitely think is probably more likely a win. But I think I balance it out by giving them a uh, two wins to the Panthers and yeah. a win to the Saints. I think I, I think I've got them balanced out because like the Bucks, I've got them you know splitting with who knows what's going to happen there. I've got them being the Colts. Who knows what's going to happen there? I I don't know. I, I don't love this team. No, I, I don't either. I mean, they've got some tough games on the schedule, too. I mean, they've got Eagles, 49ers, and Bills. So I mean, those are three really brutal games for them. I think the Titans game is also going to be pretty tough for them. So, I mean, it's it's a young team. Uh, I don't know that I have faith in Desmond Ritter. I do like their weapons, but it's just I don't think it's enough to get them to the over. They're at eight and a half? Eight and a half. I'm going to give the Falcons nine wins, baby. Yeesh. The over is favored. It's a minus 130. Yeah, I'm going to give them nine wins. Uh, I really like the offense. I think it's got all the potential to be a top 10 offense in the league. Desmond Ritter just has to hit his targets. That's all he's got to do. Uh, stay on schedule and hit your targets. That's Desmond Ritter's motto for the year. But the defense isn't bad either. Not a huge hater on this defense. I, uh, I think that's a – I disagree. I don't like their defense. I, I agree. With I like Austin. their secondary. I'll say that. <laughs> I like their secondary. Uh, Don't like their – don't love their D-line. You had Clyde's Campbell. He's old. But um, they're going to have to generate a pass rush somehow. So in a down division this year, I think they can – Take the Panthers, Saints, and Bucks all at home. I give them the Texans and the Colts at home. I give them the Panthers and Bears on the road, and the Bucks and the Titans on the road. That's how I get to nine wins. It's optimistic. Yeah, I, I, mean, I wouldn't it's, bet on it's it. very optimistic. It's I wouldn't not, bet on it. But okay. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I'll say right. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be very interested to see how they use Kyle Pitts this year. Yeah, I, 
kind of high on Kyle Pitts this year. I think they just need to put him in the slot and be done with it. Honestly, quit having to block. Quit yeah, having to block, dude. And quit <laughs> having him run decoy routes. Just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Use so, him for what you drafted him for. Like sixty percent I mean, of his routes are for like five yard out routes when the quarterbacks roll the opposite way. Yeah, or just yeah. streaks down the field. Yeah, like to clear out space. Use for him. He's a weapon. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Okay. Let's let's move on to the Buccaneers. Um, Connor, hey, please, please don't say a ridiculously high number again. <laughs> the Buccaneers are tied for the second lowest total, uh, at six and a half. Okay, it's still an under for me. Uh, this division just is gonna be bad. Uh, I've actually got them beating the Bears at home and the Lions at home. Not really sure why I decided on that, but I did. I had to find some win somewhere for him. I also picked the Titans at home, which now that Hopkins is in Tennessee, it sounds even more difficult. And then I've got him beating the Panthers at home and the Falcons on the road. Um, Those five wins are not five wins that I'm comfortable with, but I found five wins for him, and that's still the under. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Only game that I'm switching with you is the Lions and Texans. That's it. Other than that, I, I completely agree. I get, I'm yeah. a little bit high on the Texans this year, I think I've come to realize. I see four, maybe five wins. Yeah, so, it's uh, it's a comfortable under it's for under, sure. It's under. But I mean, there's probably no, there's got to be no value on the, the under, right? Yeah, the under is minus 141. Yeah, I right. Mean, yeah. There's no point. <laughs> no. Okay, the Saints. Is the Saints going to be our only agreement on being over? What's their line? Got to scroll back up to find them. The Saints line is fairly high. Uh, It is nine and a half. Uh, I thought I was going to be getting them an over with nine wins, but nope, it's going to be an under. I've got them in exactly nine wins. I I was really hoping it was going to be eight and a half. Yeah, me too. I feel very comfortable at eight and a half. But that I, nine and a half gives me some some pause. I've got them losing to the Rams late in the season in LA. I think they that's winnable. You could add that to the win total. Um and then depending on how depending on who the quarterback is for the Titans, that could be a win. Depending on how Jordan Love playing, that could be a win for them against the Packers. Uh I don't really see them beating the Patriots, the Vikings. I don't see them beating the Panthers twice. Um, I don't see them beating the Giants. I maybe they could beat the Falcons twice, but I doubt it. I've got them splitting against the Falcons too. I I really like nine wins for this team. Um, I think if if it was eight and a half, I would love that. That would be perfect. I think I'd be a bit more comfortable if Alvin Kamara was for sure going to be playing the entire year. Yeah, I think that does play into it some, but yeah, Michael I mean, Thomas's Jeff, health is also a big concern, and really, you don't even know what you're going to get with him back either. Right. I think Olave at this point is just you've got to go in with him as your clear number one. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of go from there. But I mean, Lions, the Jags are going to be good this year. The Giants, Patriots is always going to be tough, especially when you're playing the Patriots in Gillette. Vikings, it's not an easy schedule for this team. Yeah, I'm honestly going to give them 10 wins, I think. 
Uh, I think they can sweep the Bucks. I think they can sweep the Panthers. I'll say they split with the Falcons. It's five wins. I think they can take down the Titans. Six. I think they beat the Patriots, the Texans, the Colts. And I'll give them the Giants at home. That does get you there. Yeah. Gets me to 10. It's not a comfortable 10, but it's 10. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with Austin, though. I think either the Giants or Patriots are going to be a loss. I think they split both those games. I just – I don't see them winning both of them. Yeah. That's a – man, this this whole division is just tough. I mean, Billy – I do have the Saints as the winner. I agree, yeah. They're easily the best team. Uh, But, I mean, Billy, you could get some value on that over. It's plus 110. Yeah. I don't know if I'm comfortable betting any of these lines except for the Bucks under. I'm just like hammering the Bucks under and probably the Panthers under too, if I'm being honest. I mean the Bucks under almost isn't even worth taking a bet on. It's minus one forty one. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's still I mean I'm comfortable enough to where like if you want to get a lock in a parlay or something. Yeah. yeah. You gotta have like when you're making like, you know, a nice four leg parlay. You know, which I think is the sweet spot for parlays. I think you know, four is the best number to go for. I think yeah, I have to have like one absolute lock in there, and then two like kind of comfy with these, and then one's like this is the one that I'm like sweating on all year. Yeah, yeah, but when it comes to season long props, I really don't like to uh, be sweating too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. I, those are the ones that you just don't check in on at all. <laughs> yeah, those are like, this is a prayer. Well, <laughs> you, you forget about it, and then you're yeah, like, oh, you, look at that. <laughs> yeah, you check yeah. on it like week 16. You're like, oh, I could, this could happen. Or you're like, out now, already out the window. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, before we head into our last division here, we're going to take one final ad break. Uh, go uh, check out this podcast we're about to show you. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Parker. And I'm Robertson Vire, and we are the Odds on Favorite, presented by Boxcore Network. Every week, we analyze NFL point spreads, over-unders, props, futures, and much more. Follow us on Twitter, at Odds on Favorite, and listen on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, All right. for uh, listening to our, our fellow Boxcore Network guys, uh, like we say, go check them out. But uh, moving on to the NFC West. So the Rams, uh, Austin, I know you're pretty high on them. So I get the feeling I know where you're going to go with this, but they're at six and a half. I do have the over for the Rams. Yeah. Um, and and that would be a good bet for you. It's plus 100. So I like that. I mean, I've, I've got wins here. I've got the Colts on the road. I think so win. the Cardinals obviously don't even have to. That's a given. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, I'm not going to say them the next time. Just assume it. Um, the Packers on the road is very winnable, I think. Uh, the Seahawks at home, winnable. Uh, the Commanders at home, winnable. The Saints at home, winnable. Uh, and then just to add on for a game I think they could win that I even have as a loss is uh, the Giants on the road. I think that's 
potentially winnable um, or the Browns at home. I think those are two winnable games. I don't, I think they're probably going to lose those, but even with the losses, they still get to the over. I think Steelers at home is also very winnable for this team. It is. You, You're, yeah. You get, you know, a healthy Stafford, a healthy cup, and that offense, you know, running like it should be, along with Aaron Donald coming back. I think that you can feel pretty comfortable with a few of those, but I like the over here. I, I've got him in a comfortable seven. Cam Akers back healthy. You got Aaron Donald back healthy playing, as you mentioned, with Cup and Stafford. And then I think the biggest one we haven't mentioned yet is just Sean McVay is a really good coach. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a difference maker there. So I have the Rams at seven wins. Yeah, I, their offensive weapons are, are okay. The lines the downfall. 31st ranked unit last year. Um, the defense is kind of remade a little bit. You still have Aaron Donald there. You lose Jalen Ramsey, though. So I think there's going to be some holes. You don't know how Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford are going to come back. It's Matthew Stafford, the same quarterback that we saw win a Super Bowl. We'll see. He's got a lot of wear and tear on his body. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to sit with them for seven right now. Uh, but I've, there's some sneaky games on the schedule that could go either way. And uh, not real comfortable with seven. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm at right now. So I'm not very oh, high on the Rams this year. It's funny. Uh, you're not, you, you say you're not high. I say I am high. We both have them at seven wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I can say this team like, just has a lot of potential, is yeah. the problem. But yeah, the Jalen I mean, Ramsey loss is, is significant. It is. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty comfortable taking the over with this team. Uh, plus 100 with Caesars. The best odds are going to be uh, fan duels, and that's plus 110. So uh, I think it's a pretty safe bet there if you want to go after it. All right, right. Uh, let's go ahead and do the Seahawks next. So the Seahawks are at an even nine. Wow, interesting. I hate that. Uh, There's only two teams that are at an even, and that's the Steelers and the Seahawks, both at nine. Okay, well, uh, I've got them winning eight games. Um, I mean, you could definitely find a ninth on here, I think, somewhere. Maybe the Titans, maybe it's the Panthers. I think it's you could find it somewhere, but I've got them with eight, and I feel really comfortable with their eight, and uh, I just don't think I would touch this line. Yeah, because we don't know what Gino we're going to get. I mean, are we going to get the – they didn't or I didn't write back Gino from last year who came out with everything to prove, or are we going to get, you know, kind of a more expected Gino Smith? So that's kind of where my biggest issue lies with this team. So I have faith in the defense. I have faith in the offensive weapons that they have around them. I think that the pickup of JSN was huge for them, but it's a tough line. Uh, I think nine, especially having an even number, makes it difficult. I, I could easily see them pushing this and hitting right at nine. Austin, I agree with basically everything you said. I'm, I'm right at eight. Uh, Connor, I agree. We don't know what Gino we're going to see. Um, even though I, I will think he will continue to be in 
above average quarterback uh, in the system that Pete Carroll has with the weapons that they have. Um, but I just think it's going to be an up and down year for them. And uh, I'm I'm sitting pretty good at eight wins. All right, so let's move on to the the two fun teams in this division. We'll do the 49ers first. We'll save the better team for last. Um, I mean, the 49ers are a damn good team. I'm. It's going to be the over. What's the line? Ten and a half. Yeah, it's 12 wins is what I've got them. Yeah. Uh, I've got them winning five straight to start the year against at the Steelers, at the Rams, against the Giants at home, Cardinals at home, Cowboys at home. I've got them losing to the Browns and the Vikings. Uh, they can probably take one of those two games. I've got them beating the Bengals at home. I think if that's a away game, I think it's a loss. But at home, I like the the Bengals. I've got them losing to ja- the Jaguars away. Uh, I've actually got the Seahawks taking one of the games against them. I've got the Eagles beating them, and then I've got them winning five to end. Or no, yeah, I've got them winning five to end the season, just like they started with a five game win streak. So. It's a really comfortable 12 for me. This is probably a bet I'm I'm making like right after the podcast. Yeah. I don't think it really matters who they have at quarterback, honestly. Uh, they've shown that they can run out just about anybody, even uh, Mr. Irrelevant, and it's going to be successful. They've got just weapons up and down the field and offense, defense, you name it. They've got a guy there that's going to make it happen. I agree. It's a comfortable 12. I, think I have them at 12 away. wins also, uh, but I do have them beating the Jaguars on the road, just to change from what has been said. But I think it does matter who they run out at quarterback. It doesn't matter if it's Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. It will matter if it's Sam Darnold. Uh, so I, I don't that. know. I mean, Sam I, Darnold, I think, is just as capable. Yeah. I think uh, in this uh, offense, it truly is uh, – basically run anybody out. It's kind of like with Patrick Mahomes, you can put anybody at receiver and he's going to make them efficient. I, I think that this offense is you can put anybody at quarterback and they're going to look good just about. I'm just saying, I don't know if they get to 12 wins with Sam Donald. Call um, 11. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. I know. But yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable on the over. Let's just, if Sam Donald starts all 17 games for, them this year, it wouldn't shock me if he made it to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. He would just, have the numbers. Just for being just ridiculously efficient and winning mm-hmm. games. 100%. All right. Let's finish it out here with the Arizona Cardinals. Connor, how many wins? It is four and a half. And I will tell you that the over is just Barely favored. It is minus okay. 115. I've got them going 0 and 17 this year. I don't have a single win. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, I've, I've got I them. Mean, I... I went through their whole schedule, and this is the le- very last team I did. And so I went back through and was like, wait, are they lost to every single team? They were. <laughs> I didn't have them winning a single game. I have them winning one, and it's against the Texans. I'm a Texans truther. When do they play the Texans? It's like just after halfway it's, through the season. It's like yeah, it's, 10 or something like that. 
So Kyler should potentially be back. Yeah. And they'll, they'll have their you – know. <laughs> I'm just trying to scrape something together here. <laughs> yeah, that's – that's it. And, and it, honestly, if Kyler wasn't playing in that game, I would have them as 0 and 17. Is is Kyler supposed to be back by then? When's Kyler projected to be back? I thought they said I like saw week something eight six weeks, like okay. between week six and six. eight weeks. Yeah. Um, I mean, who's Kyler going to fucking throw it to? Hollywood Brown and yeah. Greg Dorch? Yeah, the ghost of uh, Zach Ertz. They got Zach Ertz, but they got the other. They got or, Trey McBride. Trey McBride, yeah. And who's gonna run the ball? The ghost of James Conner? And who's gonna stop who's gonna play defense? JJ Watt retired. Isaiah Simmons isn't gonna suddenly be a star. That linebacker they drafted isn't very good. Yeah. Marco I mean, this, Wilson is is Marco Wilson their quarterback one? I think he is, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got their team pulled up. Let me see. I mean, sure, if you want to find wins for this team. Yeah. It is Marco Wilson. Okay. Marco Wilson's their quarterback. Let's oh let's God. find let's go through and find <laughs> wins for this team. Let's imagine they win week one in Washington against the Commanders. That's one win. They don't have a bats chance in hell until they play the Rams, and that's at LA the first time they play. That's a loss. I'm just I don't think they're winning a road game against LA or Seattle. They're definitely not beating the Ravens, not the Browns. They Maybe get a win against the Falcons. We'll give them one there. That's two wins. The Texans could be their third win. We'll give them the win against the Rams. There's their fourth win. And then they're not beating the Steelers, Niners, Bears, Eagles, or Seahawks again. So there's, I mean, just trying to find as many wins as I could. I got four, which is still the under. Their starting D-line is as follows. LJ Collier. Carlos Watkins, Rashard Lawrence, and then it would be Majay Sanders or BJ Ojolari, I would imagine, would start at some point throughout the B, year. Yeah, BJ Ojolari, I think, should start at some yeah. point. They got Buda Baker. Buda Baker is probably their single best player. By far. Yeah, easily. With, uh, unless backup, Kyler. With Kyler backup quarterbacks, anybody guess? Uh, is it Colt McCoy? I've already, I've already got it pulled up. Colt so. McCoy is there, but guess who is also there? I don't know who else is there. Sleeper pick. Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll, oh, baby. Oh, my God. Put the man in. Let him run the offense. He's the closest thing to Kyler Murray you have. He's <laughs> a little call- bit mobile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Oh, you also have Rondell Moore there. Yep. He's, He's been, been there. Moore. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. Zach, Zach Pascal, Pascal just to go deep. Yeah. What do they have? They have that's three deep threats. Four, because you got Greg Dorch. You got Greg Dorch, yeah. deep threat. You got Zach Pascal, deep threat. Rondell Moore, deep threat. Hollywood Brown, deep threat. Cole McCoy can't fling it like that anymore, guys. Yeah. What do you and then if you if you put one of these receivers in front of me that is remaining on the roster, I would have no idea who they were. Is Andy Isabella still on the roster? No, he is not. Okay. There's only one other wide receiver that's even listed on the depth chart. Greg Dorch isn't even on the depth chart showing on Sleeper right now. Uh, you got to look at our lads. Our lads yeah. on the depth charts. They have but, Michael dude. Wilson, Andre Bacelia, Bacelia. Never even heard of him. Daniel Arias, Brandon Smith, who's got to be just an AI. 
<laughs> and then Brian Cobbs, who wears number 38. <laughs> I don't think they have I don't think a single one of their receivers is over like 190 pounds. Can't be. It's all a bunch of small guys. Yeah, yeah. it's it's very, very bleak. <laughs> um, it is. Yeah, I got Lee. I see. I see. Win win. <laughs> yeah, depends I, on what the Steelers are looking like at the point of the season when they play them. If Kenny Pickett just can't do it, but I don't think that happens. Commanders I mean, could be Commanders bad. Week One. I think their best shot. I truly do. Commanders defense is solid. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean. I mean, Sam Howell could come out and cook week one. Who knows what's going to happen? It's just going to be hard for that defense to hold teams to like a low enough number that the offense can like reach. 13. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, the most the Cardinals are ever going to score in a week is going to be like 24. Better hope they have a good kick. They got Matt Prater. He's washed. Leg on him. <laughs> yeah, he does have a leg on him, but yeah. I, I don't, he's not the most accurate with it anymore. So you Not that he ever the, was. You get it over the 40 and you're, if you're in field goal range. Yeah. You've got to take the points. Yeah. Don't even attempt another play. Just... Like at some point, do you just start kicking on like second or third down? <laughs> and just so you know, you don't turn it over. Yeah. I feel like James Conner is not a big fumble risk these days, is he? He's really he not. Had some, he had some uh, fumble uh, way early, early in his career. career. Yeah. yeah. That's been. Clement, who's. He was an Eagles guy for a little bit, right? Yeah. Yes. They have a lot of former Eagles on their team. Uh, well, isn't their coach from the Eagles? Yeah. But Corey Clement's 28 at this point his year now, too. Oh, my career. gosh. Yeah, he was on that Super Bowl winning Eagles team, if I remember correctly. I believe so. Yeah. So, Which is a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah. Was that 2018? 2017? Yeah, the game was played in 2018. Yeah, the game was in 2018. Yeah, yeah so it was the 2017-18 season. Game. Yeah. <laughs> Don't open that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals under and the, the 49ers over is definitely going to be parlayed um, at some point through the offseason. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be super comfortable with both of those. I'm going to put together an all-under and all-over win prop parlay this year. Yeah, I like I, it. That'd be a fun one. All I'm right. just going to do a 32-team win prop, $1. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, Well, I, that, that pretty much wraps us up. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We will be back next week with another episode. Make sure you go check out the Box Score Network. Listen to those other pods you heard uh, the ads from. Go check out our Twitter at Tricky Takes on Twitter. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Take care. Peace.